106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. So in the session we just attended here at the Economic Forum, I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are reluctant to bring up. That's my trouble. <laughs> Always. <laughs> All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls, I want less on the planet. <laughs> Here's my question to you. If your intent was to combat misinformation online or in the government, why on God's green earth would you nominate someone who is a human geyser of misinformation? Um, Senator, um, I, I am ultimately responsible for the hiring of Ms. Jankowitz uh, to be the executive director of the Disinformation Governance Board. In my capacity as the secretary, why did you I, choose I bear, her? I bear responsibility uh, for that. Um, I understand that she is uh, an expert in disinformation. Yes, indeed. You know what's ironic? The feminist movement in the U.S. was started by women like Susan B. Anthony, who believed that American women were intelligent and responsible enough to be trusted with rights and freedoms. But American feminists today seem to think that American women are too stupid and too irresponsible to even prevent an unwanted pregnancy. But we can be trusted to run the country, right? Roe v. Wade passed on January 22, 1973, striking down the Texas ban on abortion for being unconstitutional. By the way, it was struck down by a Supreme Court made up of nine men. So all you women screeching that men don't have a right to make laws that govern your body, do better. Anyhow, there weren't many effective methods of birth control back then. Women had no agency and women who were sexually assaulted were rarely, if ever, believed. Jump to post Me Too 2022 when women are not only believed, we're encouraged and empowered to speak out. When Supreme Court justices can't even define what a woman is because they're not biologists. When there are over 250 different types of birth control pills on the market with 99% effectiveness. When there are IUDs both with and without hormones that are over 99% effective. When, as a last resort, there's Plan B with over 87% effectiveness if taken within 72 hours after having unprotected sex. Unlike in 1973, birth control today is abundant, effective, cheap, and accessible in the US. Instead of just avoiding pregnancy like an intelligent, responsible adult, you're demanding a right to kill viable fetuses as a form of birth control. But why? I'll tell you why. Because Pfizer just released the data on its vaccines, and it's not good. Because your government is sending trillions to Ukraine while our economy is tanking. Because you're hypocrites that don't understand that you lost your right to scream my body, my choice when you also supported mandating an experimental drug nationwide. And because you're too lazy to shut off your television and think for yourselves. You prefer a distraction from the real threats. Those are just too scary. So you blindly repeat a narrative that gives you the feeling of purpose instead of actually having one. I wonder what Susan B. Anthony would think of y'all today. <laughs> God bless America. This is not a war for the independence of one or two colonies, but for the independence of one nation. And uh, yes, what nation is that? An American nation. There is no such nation, and to speak of one is treason. We are citizens of an American nation, and our rights are being threatened by a tyrant 3,000 miles away. Would you tell me, please, Mr. Howard, why should I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? 
elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. Mr. Hardwick, how many times have I heard you speak of freedom at my father's table? Half the men in this church, including you, Father, and you, Reverend, are as ardent patriots as I. Will you now, when you are needed most, stop at only words? Is that the sort of men you are? I ask only that you act upon the beliefs of which you have so strongly spoken and in which you so strongly believe. Who's with us? Hostages Radio podcast, and this is Lou Benninger, your host tonight, and we are uh, working on this on the uh, 12th of May, and it's going to be out and about on the 14th after Tanner Martis does his uh, miracle work on it. So we're sitting here in Northern California, and Tanner's going to work on it in Conroe, Texas. But in Northern California, where we have a socialist state, and I don't say that jokingly, that's what we have, and I know more than most about that because I spent a lot of time over the last 30 years in communist states uh, doing work, and I know uh, how they run their operations there. And this state, of the 50 states in America, Obama would say 58, but of the 50 states in America, this, this state is one that when you leave it and go to other states <clears throat> that are not run like this state, they, they uh, talk about how free it is in other states. Because some of my friends and I communicate, and they say, Lou, it's just unbelievable down here in Florida or Tennessee or Texas or whatever. So, you know, you, you kind of get used to living in an oppressive environment, and that's what California is, and you think, oh, well— you know, the police really haven't come to my house or military or whatever, but really the way it plays out, oppression, uh, is in the small everyday harassments. And uh, I'll get into that more later, possibly. But let me give you a few introductory comments if you're new here. Uh, we're going to do six segments here of about 20 minutes a piece of talk, uh, divided by some clips. And uh, you can reach me if you'd like to talk to me or text me information you'd like me to know or comments 530-713-1838 530-713-1838 you can also email me at lou l-o-u at no hostage radio no hostages plural no hostages radio.com so that's a website no hostages radio.com where we stage our podcasts and articles that i write 
locally here for a local paper here. So that's Lou at nohostagesradio.com. And I do check those. Uh, it's a second. I have another email site that I work on all day. But that's a site just for media that we do. And I do check it multiple times a week and respond to all that write me. Um, okay, so we're also doing, for if you're interested, a live show from 10 to 1, Left Coast Time on KMYC. That's a local AM station. It's an AM FM, but it's uh, AM 1410. And if you ever have, have an interest in listening to that, you can go on uh, a simulcast website at live or a streaming website at live365.com. And you can listen to that live, live365.com, and you click on radio and then put KMYC in there. And uh, it should come up whatever's on at that time. Again, we're 10 to 1, left coast time. So uh, hope that's help, helpful to you. This is our episode number 163. If you ever want to look back on it and say, oh, I wanted to check something out there that he said, that you have a place and address to find it. So um, we're coming up on an election here in California. And I don't know when your, your election is in your state. But uh, we're coming up on an election here um, just a month or so away. In early June, June 4, June 7, something like that, first Tuesday of June. And uh, so I'll be talking a little bit more about that in terms of conservatives in this, in this state, which were in a minority. But uh, you have a chance. You're, I know you're getting your ballots now uh, or your, your voting information now in, in the mail. So uh, I get a, I've been getting a few calls and inquiries like, what do you think about this one? What do you think about that one? Which is unusual for this time of year for me. Uh, but I wanted to talk about uh, COVID here for a minute and what's going on and, and, and just express how grateful I am to Kevin Kiley, who is not the representative uh, in our state for us, where we are in Yuba-Sutter counties. We have... Uh, uh, James Gallagher, but Kevin Kiley serves just south of us uh, around the Sacramento foothills, uh, foothills east of Sacramento. And Kevin Kiley has been someone that uh, he ran against the governor during the recall election. And uh, I think that was a stolen election, but uh, the governor uh, uh, was not recalled here, uh, but they we had a chance to. And during that time and during COVID, Kevin Kiley came out and kind of you know sometimes people it takes maybe a big event or something to to have a person kind of rise to the occasion and Kevin Kiley really did that not just because he sued the governor but because weekly he was challenging the governor and the Democrats in in Sacramento uh, with some of their uh, absurd absurdities and eccentric behavior etc so uh, he came time and again, he came to the uh, defense of school boards and businesses. And so this is the latest. And uh, we've been talking about this here of businesses that are getting persecuted by their own government. And, and that's not new to the Americans because the uh, British king uh, persecuted businesses here and enterprises here and exports and imports here during the day when he didn't like the uh, how the colonies were behaving, and also uh, the South boycotted 
and persecuted uh, businesses in the North because of their abolitionist, abolitionist ways. And so this is the first time that people lost their businesses or had their businesses burned down. <clears throat> it's a common thing to happen. If you, when you stand up for something, it's going to cost you something. So um, during the COVID uh, shutdown, uh, most red states either did not shut down at all or shut down partially. Uh, some, most of them left, I think there's about 20 red states, uh, where they're Republican, uh, led. And so some, some, uh, had their schools stay open, um, didn't shut down their businesses, etc. And, uh, some friends, uh, that have become friends that are now in Florida, they left here because their business was shut down and they, and they couldn't afford to pay their bills and they had to completely shut it down and still owe a couple hundred thousand uh, I think Courtney Ortega at a recent pub, uh, campaign forum mentioned that they had they had gone bankrupt, uh, which was what one of the partners had told us they were probably going to do. Um, but they haven't yet, but they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And you just wonder if you're just working day jobs, how you're going to pull that off and pay, pay back. But what happened is, is that the agencies, the alphabet soup of agencies in the state of California, which no state rivals California in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of agencies that ride herd over everything we do and say. So what happened is, is these agencies who are not elected by the, uh, the, the people that run them are not elected by the, the, uh, our, the voters and they're not appointed, uh, and, and elected in the assembly. They're just people, they're bureaucrats. And so you might call it the Alcohol Beverage Control, ABC. Uh, you could have the tobacco people, uh, the consumer affairs people that run roughshod over all the businesses that they force to pay them. They extort money from them to be able to do business in California. And so uh, during the COVID, when, when it was shut down, then it would open up and then it was shut down again. So some of the restaurants were nervous because they had liquor licenses and they were afraid that the ABC would come in, even though the local local uh, politicians weren't coming after them and fining them. They were worried about the ABC. And, of course, barbershops were worried about the cosmetology board and all these places that hold the uh, power of licensure over you. Um, and actually with the ABC, the, the beverage license, beverage licenses are very, very, very expensive in California. And if they take your license away, uh, it's a huge loss to your business. So that said, um, there was some hit jobs made by all these agencies on local businesses here to try to intimidate them because the word got out around the state that these two rebellious counties in the north, Yuba Sutter, it wasn't the politicians and it wasn't the county health officer or what I call the doctor of death, Dr. Lou. It wasn't them that said open up. People just started opening up. And I think even the Yuba City City Council was pretty open about they think businesses ought to just stay open. So what happened here is what's going on right now I'm gonna, is that a business uh, is a restaurant owner, uh, Matthew Oliver, and he owns, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see, I can't read this, it's small print. He owns a restaurant in Placer County. 
And that's where uh, Kevin Kiley, that's where he is. That's where he represents. It's called the House of Oliver. And, and so um, he is getting uh, persecuted by the Alcoholic Beverage Control because he stayed open uh, for a time during the COVID shutdown. So uh, here's Kylie's at it. Now, I don't know that uh, our representative Gallagher did anything to help any businesses here that I know of. Maybe he did, and I just don't know about it. But it would have been good if he would have publicized it. So this is a letter, a copy of the letter to Gavin Newsom. And to Eric Harada, who's the director of the California Department of Alcohol Beverage Control. And uh, so it says, Dear Governor Newsom and Director Harada, I urge you to immediately terminate the selective and politically motivated prosecution of House of Oliver, a small business in Placer County that I represent. According to a report in the Sacramento Bee on May 10, 2022, quote, Matthew Oliver, the restaurant owner, recently learned the agency still wants to shut the House of Oliver uh, for 30 days as a penalty for violating the state's pandemic health orders in late 2020 and early 2021. The prosecution by the California Department of Alcohol, etc., ABC, is happening despite the Placer County District Attorney finding insufficient evidence. In fact, uh, Kylie says there has been there's never been any evidence presented that any harm was caused. To the contrary, Placer County has actually experienced better health outcomes than the rest of the state. The, the Sacramento Bee reported March 14, 2022. Anyway, it just says they're, they're, the amount of illness per 100,000 was less than the rest of the state. I don't even believe any of those statistics because it was so fraudulent. It, it, the whole thing is a, a scam on the public. The final line after he gives us his statistics, which he's playing the statistics game because they throw the statistics at us. So finally, final line of Kevin Kiley said, it is imperative that ABC end its selective and politically motivated attack on this small business in my community. I look forward to your timely response. Way to go, Kevin Kiley. Now, if more assembly members and senators, state senators, would have stood up against Newsom and would have gone to this school board meetings and told them to take their masks off like Kylie did down in uh, Tuscan, California, and would have come and talked to businesses. And if, and if the politicians in our area would have come and talked to businesses, the fact is they didn't. And they can make all the excuses they want in the world, but they didn't do it. And they just left them, as they say, hung out to dry. And they, and they went bankrupt. Many, many of them went bankrupt. So way to go, Kevin Kiley. And this is, I'm, I've been working on some articles on licensing. And I just wrote an article on, uh, about thugs, pol pol political thugs. And I don't know when it will run the Territorial Dispatch. I su submitted it to him, and I told about five different instances around the United States. Two or three of them happened in California. <clears throat> Let's see. One happened in New Jersey. One happened in Michigan. One happened here where I'm sitting. Uh, one happened in, in um, El Dorado County, Apple Bistro. And it uh, seemed like there was one other one. But anyway, I wrote an article about them and showed how licensing 
doesn't improve quality of, of care or quality of service. Licensing does not improve honesty. Licensing is just a mechanism that usually has, has been uh, initiated by veterans in that particular occupation to keep new people or entrepreneurs out and control, control business. In other words, like biz, big businesses, big business has legislators pass a lot of laws so smaller entrepreneurs can't start up. It makes it more and more difficult for them to do that in collusion. So people like Amazon in collusion with the, the United States government says, oh, yeah, we, we can supply everybody's needs. We can shut down all the small businesses. So all these licensing boards, hundreds of them in the state of California, we have more than any other state in the union, are nothing. They, they've, there's been research done by universities, by the Reason Foundation, by, by even governments, and no one has ever proven, because there's laws on the books against theft, against fraud, there's already laws before we do any licensing. The licensing is simply about control and keeping new people out of the business and making it harder to get in the business. And did you realize that the, the licensing hours you have to put in to get a permission from the state of California to be a cosmetologist, barber type person is like two to three times as much it is to become a law enforcement official. Does that sound bizarre to you? When I realized that Randy Mitchell from uppercut barbershop in Eubin Sutter County and actually Placer County, Randy Mitchell right now has warrants for his arrest because he cut hair uh, during COVID in Placer County. They took his license away, and now they're fining him and going to haul him into court and fine him again um, for uh, cutting hair because the government said not to cut hair on that day. Is that ridiculous or what? This thing is a complete fraud. There's nothing about COVID that's honest or has anything to do with science. It was a scam from the get-go. Every single bit of it. If you, if you have not sorted that out, I... Uh, I'm not really sorry for you. I, I pity you uh, because obviously your brain doesn't work very well. Uh, and maybe there's nothing you can do about that. So, but Placer County and El Dorado County. Now, I know guys down in Orange County, uh, and I can't remember the Italian restaurant down there off the top of my head, as they say. But he, he, he threw down immediately against the... Uh, the government down there and stayed open the whole COVID thing and people no and no mask could be worn. Some, some restaurants said you can wear, wear them if you want, but he just said, this is a mass free zone, baby. And, uh, so that was, uh, that was what went on down there. But in some counties now in Placer County, they've also find, uh, sorry, not Placer County, but El Dorado County right next door have fined Apple Bistro $160,000 after she wasn't willing to sign uh, a hold hold harmless uh, form, so she wouldn't sue the board of supervisors because they know they're liable. And I hope she just cleans their clock over there. So anyway, thank God for uh, Gav, uh, for Kevin Kiley. If you're in any of the areas that he's running in, he's in district the new district three running for Congress now. And I'm sad that I can't vote for him. I'm just down below the line where it comes across. See, they split Yuba County in half. All the populated areas are going with Doug LaMalfa, sadly. 
And uh, but all the hill country of Yuba County is going with Kylie. And I just encourage every single person to and you, if you can't vote for him, give him some money. We need his the type of person he is in Washington, D.C. So uh, anyway, if you think about it, um, if you if you want to help, if you got money and you want to help people out, think of the House of Oliver. Listen, all these restaurants, I'm talking about the mom and pop restaurants. I can't speak for the big franchises. But these, uh, this sounds like a local restaurant, Matthew Oliver with the House of Oliver. Uh, these guys and gals got hammered big time by the government, and they were heavy-handed. They have raided. They, in fact, I talked to one of the barbers at Uppercut the other day who was arrested, and and uh, he wouldn't cooperate with the uh, Consumer Affairs Police. And they came in. They hauled him down to Yuba County Jail, and Yuba County Jailers, God bless them, because I know many of them, they said, what did this guy do wrong anyway? Because <laughs> they were under COVID restrictions themselves in the jail. And they said, well, he was cutting hair during COVID. They said, we're not putting putting people in, in cutting hair without a license. We're not booking anybody over here for cutting hair without a license. And they let him go. And uh, so thank God for, for reasonable. We have two sheriffs in Yuba and Sutter County that are constitutional-minded sheriffs. Otherwise, we would have got a number of us would have probably got arrested. And another number of businesses stayed open, and the sheriff said, we are not going to bother them. We're going to be right back. We're going to start our second uh, segment in just a second. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. It caught everyone off guard because in the history of the Supreme Court, it's likely never happened before. A rogue person leaked a draft of a monumentally important decision on abortion. Over the years, in spite of looking upon the court with sadness, I have admired their ability to avoid leaks while dealing with crucial issues. Every Supreme Court justice, their clerks and staff must be reeling from this development. All, of course, except for the guilty party. Here's my fantasy response. If the document is legit, Roe is gone. So the opposing justices could make the strongest statement ever. They could make the decision unanimous and show that this type of behavior will not be tolerated. That's not likely to happen, but the way this court does business will be forever changed. Follow us on Twitter at Life Issues USA and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Hello, Sutter County. I'm Courtney Ortega, and I'm running for supervisor. Our government is mismanaged. It's too large and it's too expensive, yet it fails to serve and protect us. The homeless rule our streets. Addiction and overdoses are epidemic. Sutter County COVID policies crushed thousands of lives and businesses. Our rights were violated. Our freedoms were denied. As your supervisor, your freedom and liberty come first. No closing of businesses. No mask mandates. No restriction to homes. No county offices or meetings off limits to you. No favoritism. Everyone gets treated fairly. No ignoring criminal behavior. And no new taxes. If you want honesty... 
and a government that serves you, if you want change, vote for me on June 7th. Jane Rose's story was a terrible one. She said she had been gang raped, gotten pregnant, was desperate to get an abortion. That's what everyone believed, as long as Jane Roe remained anonymous. When she went public, she told a different story. You were raped while you were in Georgia? No, I wasn't. You were not? No, I wasn't. Oh, so all those stories that are in the books and so forth are not true? Yes, sir. Yes. They're not true. Right. And it turned out that lying wasn't the only embarrassment this darling of the pro-choice forces presented. In her personal treatise published last year, Norma McCorvey told the story of her somewhat sordid life. Then she still adamantly supported abortion. Now she adds that to the list of sins she took with her into the baptismal pool. I've cheated people out of money. I've sold drugs. I... You know, I, I, used, I, was, I was an abusive alcoholic for, you know, many, many years. Um, I've done a lot against his teachings. Um, but I, I think the far greater sin that I did was to be the plaintiff in Roe versus Wade. Well, just when you thought the COVID-19 pandemic was a once-in-a-lifetime experience with the shutdowns, mandated masks, required vaccines and passports, Bill Gates comes along and says, not so fast. Turns out COVID-19 was just one of many possible pandemics we might experience. But don't worry, you don't need to live in fear. Bill Gates has a plan. If we make the right investments, we won't need to live in fear of another COVID. We can build a health system that is ready to stop outbreaks before they go global. All right, well, he calls it the GERM team, G-E-R-M, which stands for Global Epidemic Response and Mobilization Initiative. He says the team would be managed by the World Health Organization. Besides nations who contribute, the top non-government donors to the WHO are the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance. But interestingly, Gavi's top donor is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So basically, it could be argued that the boss of the WHO is Bill Gates. So essentially, he'd be in charge of preventing future pandemics. keep hearing uh, about this student loan. The Democrats, liberals keep saying that the, the righteous thing to do is be able to forgive all these uh, loans, student loans, college loans, right? Have you ever taken out a loan? I've taken out one loan. took out a loan to uh, buy my house many moons ago. And, um, and I've had a loan on a commercial building as well, just buildings. But, but you can take out all kinds of loans, right? You just, you sign and you say, you promise when they give you the money, you promise to give it back, right, with some interest. That's how it works in America, right? Now we have people that say, you know, well, certain people shouldn't have to pay. You just give them the money. They took the money and ran, but they shouldn't have to pay it back. Bill Maher, uh, kind of a, a leading comic of the left, said the other day, uh, 
he said 13% of Americans have college debt, federal college debt he's talking about. So that's not a lot of people um, compared to all the rest of us, right? Just 13%. So there's a lot, of, a lot more than 13% of us left. 65% uh, of Americans don't go to college at all. They just get out of high school and go get a job or go to a tech school. 50% of the college debt, remember 13% of Americans have college debt today. 50% of the college debt, that's the amount, the total amount, goes to people going to grad school. And a lot of that, according to Bill Maher, is just BSing around. I don't say the whole word. BSing around. So it just looks like a loser issue for the Democrat Party that is trying to win back the working class. Uh, so, so he said, we're going to subsidize, uh, in other words, we didn't, who didn't go to college, like the working class, we're going to subsidize and we're, and we didn't benefit from, uh, these loans. We didn't go to college. We didn't get a, we didn't get a loan ourselves, but we're now having to go subsidize you to go get your degree in gender studies or sports marketing and all that other BS that they te that they teach in college now. He said, I think that's a loser issue for Biden. I'm, I'm fascinated that the, the idea here should be you take a loan, you pay, you go, you pay it back, right? You make a stupid mistake. You ever bought a car? You think, oh, I shouldn't have bought that car. The lemon car, bad car, bad choice. Too big, too small, not enough seats, too many seats, right? No power, too much power. Right. Use too much gas. Make a mistake. Have you ever made a mistake financially and had to eat it? Yeah. So why should see they're not forgiving the loans. You and I are paying for them for other people to screw off. Right. Just a thought. I want to uh, mention this is another thing that, that I found interesting. If I find it here, maybe I just skimmed right past it. I don't know. Maybe I did. All right. I'll just skip past it right now and just move on. Oh, here it is. This person tweeted, Is the FBI going to raid the house of the Politico reporter who published the Alito opinion? Do you remember this? The, the, uh, normally, when the justices of the Supreme Court discuss an issue before the Supreme Court it is top secret until they actually vote and put all their heads together, their opinions together, and they vote, and then they do a news release, right? This is the first time in known that anybody can know or remember that someone leaked uh, Samuel, Judge Samuel Alito's opinion. Now, he stands out to me because Dr. Cassidy's son, Ben Cassidy, Benjamin, um, he's the second oldest in the Cassidy crew of five. He became an attorney and he clerked for Samuel Alito for a period of time. So I thought, okay, there's a guy like Benjamin up there for Alito and maybe leaked this out. So somebody in that Supreme Court group leaked this opinion out, right? You think that's a serious deal? A lot of people think it's a, a totally super serious. So the question this person says is the FBI going to raid the house? In other words, go to the house of this reporter for Politico who actually then turned around and published the opinion. 
It's one thing to have it leaked, and it's another thing to publish it, right? And then the person contrasts this. Or is that just reserved, in other words, an FBI raid, for the houses of reporters who get Ashley Biden's diary? You remember Ashley Biden? She's the only child of Jill and Joe Biden. The previous boys were with the previous wife. Ashley Biden supposedly had a diary and forgot it in a room who, when she left the room, somebody else moved into the room, like maybe a hotel or something, and somebody else ended up with their diary. Well, when they began to read the diary, uh, it was some, there was some gnarly stuff in there about her writing about remembering that she had been sexually abused. And then, uh, and you wonder, well, I wonder if it's Joe bite me because he's always kissing everybody and biting everybody and, uh, little kids. And so she didn't actually say her dad molested her, but along the way, she said that she showered with her dad. Now, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where you guys are standing on that guys, full blown males, grown males showering with children. Uh, female children particularly. It just seems to me out of bounds, way out of bounds, even if they're pretty small. And uh, so she talked about showering with her father and getting aroused. That's a bad sign right there, right? So what happened then is that this document, the diary, got dropped off at Veritas, and they didn't take it, but it got dropped there, and they looked at it and passed it on to the authorities because they didn't know whether it was real or not, and uh, they didn't want to get in trouble for it. But what the authorities did then is they raided the offices of Veritas, which is the undercover or the, the, uh, the investigative reporters who keep discovering all this gnarly stuff and exposing it, like... Planned Parenthood butchering babies and selling baby parts for a profit. And so they had a lot of their files and computers confiscated by the FBI, even though they didn't take the, the item and they were the ones that actually turned the item in. Now, if you don't think we're living in a communist state and if you don't think the FBI is dirty, is dirty as a lady's time of the month napkin they are dirty and if you thought oh just a couple people at the top are dirty baby you are not connecting the dots the fbi and the cia in this country are as dirty as any of these folks around the world the kgbs all the all the folks they're dirty and i don't know whether we're going to be able to straighten it out but they are a political hack job of the Democrat Party. And they are going after people uh, that have not not spreading disinformation. They are they are uh, objects of dissent. If you dissent, if you say, no, I'm not going to do that. They're coming after you. And uh, so now we have this disinformation board they're going to put together. 
Never in the history of this country has anything to censor our speech. And it's all about dissent. Now, I'll tell you where this comes from. It comes right out of totalitarian countries, communists. You cannot speak out in communist countries or you will go to jail without a trial, without a fair trial. No jury of your peers and not a public trial. I, I know people that are in jail today in communist countries, and it was because they spoke on Facebook. They, they made a Facebook post about the lack of liberty, the lack of freedom, and they picked them up and they put them in prison. That's just the way that is. There's a group of Hmong right now that their, their relative was a pastor in Vietnam and was, they didn't like his comments and they brought him in and beat him to death in Vietnam. And they're now residing in Thailand waiting to come to this country. And I was called one night to see if we would host them and sponsor them to come here. And that's why I know the story. I'm just not blowing smoke. I didn't read it in the newspaper. It wasn't in the newspaper. But the guy is dead today because he got beat to death by the police because they didn't like his dissent. Dissent is what the problem is. It's not disinformation. That They're not going to tolerate anybody resisting what the government wants to do. That's communism, people, and it's here. And unless you're willing to vote and stand up against it, at its infant form, when that dude, my friend Dave Bryan used to say, stomp snakes while still small. Why would you stomp snakes while still small? Because when they get big, you might think, oh, that's a cute little snake. I'm going to have it as a pet in the house. When that sucker gets big and wraps around your neck, the party's probably over about that time. And we are, we are, uh, we are, the snake is getting larger in the United States. You need to think, oh, well, I just, you know, I just don't going to believe in voting. I don't really want to get involved in the campaign. Oh, well, I don't want to, you know, stand up for anything. I don't want to put that sign in my window because people may not want to do business. I I don't want to do anything. You don't want freedom to cost you anything, right? So, but that's what's going on. And uh, so the government is using the FBI and the CIA as their hit squad. To go after people, I want you. I want you to remember a guy named David Delighton. He was working at that time as a reporter for Veritas, and he got tight with uh, some interviewing some doctors from Planned Parenthood, and they were bragging and kind of talking off the cuff in a restaurant to him about the marketing of baby parts. Now I want, I want you to think about it. If, if you were sitting down and somebody said to you that they killed somebody and you reported that to the police, but instead of them arresting the killer, they arrested you. Would that get your attention? Or if you said that somebody was molesting your friend, their dad was re- molesting your friend because they told you that and you told that to the police and instead of going after the dad, they arrested you. Would that get your attention? Now, this is what's happened. David Delighton had on camera and, and on audio legally doctors for Planned Parenthood telling how much they could sell a brain for or a lung for, or a part for certain parts. They had old parts list, a menu of costs 
that they could get. And it ex- that all that was six. There was nothing legal about that. It was all illegal. It was not permission to sell people parts like you can sell auto parts. You pick them, pick and pull. It wasn't a pick and pull operation. In fact, even if I ship stuff to Cambodia in a container, I've got to prove where I got those products, where I got those tractors, or where I got those farm parts, and I've got to have a paper trail so they know I didn't steal them. But this has been all going on for years, and so David Delighton exposed it, and when he exposed it, he got arrested. And still today, he's been fighting this case for years. Kamala Harris was involved in it. Uh, Xavier Becerra was involved in it as AGs of California. And David Delighton has been fighting this for years, and they're trying to put him in prison because he just told a story. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't part out their, their parts, and he didn't sell any of the parts, and he didn't make a profit on the parts, but merely recording and telling the story. Did you know you can record somebody in a public place? Like in a restaurant? What he did was legal. But he did not butcher any kids. He did not make money off it. And yet today they have like eight or nine felonies against David Delight. Now I'm telling you, this is what's happening today is free speech is being uh, obliterated. I remember in the 1960s, there was, there was demonstrations at UC Berkeley campus. This is how strange this whole thing has come 180 degrees, full circles, they say. Mario Savio was a leader in the free speech movement at UC Berkeley. It was considered a liberal movement for free speech. And he didn't feel like there was enough free speech on campus to be able to share your opinion with the professors. In other words, the professors uh, were not, in his view, were not willing to listen to the opinion of the students to argue positions in the, uh, in the classroom. So they, they had these free speech deals. Now, on the camp- campus today, it's just exactly the opposite. They're, they're stomping out and smothering free speech. They're squashing free speech. So when it's somebody like uh, Ben Shapiro or uh, Ann Coulter or Dinesh D'Souza comes to the campus at UC Berkeley, they will... They will riot and shout them down and do all kinds of weird things to stop them just sharing a different opinion where in the 1960s, Mario Savio uh, argued just the opposite, that we ought to allow anybody to have whatever speech they want, which was close to the founding fathers. That's why he got away with it. Now, if you've... uh, just a couple comments about uh, this and uh, there's the whole new learning thing, transformative learning. It's called social emotional learning collaborative for academic social emotional learning. It's a fancy name to sell homosexuality, transsexuality, critical race theory to your kids. It's just fancy words. 
Jennifer McWilliams, a former teacher and SEL expert, says that sounds nice to cover the Trojan horse that it is for bringing in critical race theory, ideology, gender, identity, sexual orientation instruction, and social justice education. In other words, it's baloney. Now, I, I had this information, and uh, I keep forgetting to bring it up. But during COVID, the American Re- Rescue Plan in 2021 set aside $122 billion for elementary and secondary schools. Can you imagine? They weren't even operating, right? $46 billion of the $122 billion went to 13 blue states. Isn't that interesting? And this American Rescue Plan was passed as a matter of life and death. $15.1 billion went to the state of California and for the reason of increased educational training, resources, and subjects such as anti-bias strategies, environmental liter- literacy, that's climate baloney, ethnic studies, more baloney, LGBTQ plus XYZ MNOP, and cultural competency. That's determining what if you're white, then you're an oppressor. $15.1 billion just for the state of California schools that weren't operating for not math, not English, not the history of, of the founding of this country, not the Constitution. Nope, nothing. Not reading. Nothing to improve their lives and their skill set, but anti-bias strategies, probably bullying, accepting anybody that wanted to do anything, a midget, half horse, half human, all that kind of stuff, environmental literacy, climate change nonsense, total fraud nonsense. Uh, that's what COVID, our COVID money went for. It didn't go for saving lives. It didn't go for stopping the virus. They didn't go for buying ivermectin and giving everybody like India did in, in the, uh, the state of Uttar Pradesh. They gave every home a packet that had uh, ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc and all those things. Every home, they stopped it. Boom, stopped it in its tracks. But no, 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 we're, we're handing out LGBTQ plus information with our 15.1 billion of covid money to the schools uh totally crazy people i'm telling you this entire covid thing was a scam ripoff uh, liars they're just liars the local supervisors are liars we're going to be right back we uh, finished two segments we're going to come back for our third segment in just a minute i've got a feeling that keeps me on my toes oh yeah Have you shopped for children's books at a bookstore lately? I really wanted, please. If you go into Barnes & Noble, you will be met with a wall of biographies. Book editor Bethany Mandel's frustrated that today's bookstores sell only certain kinds of children's books. There's probably 27 different books about 
former Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Great. There are also a ton about Kamala Harris. Great. There are lots of books on people like Hillary Clinton, Justice Sotomayor, Rachel Carson, AOC, Elizabeth Warren, Greta Thunberg. How dare you? But where are the biographies on conservatives? Mandel couldn't find any. Not one on Amy Coney Barrett or Margaret Thatcher or Winston Churchill. None. So Mandel says. It's time to bring some of those books to the market because Lord knows the publishing industry won't. So she created. Heroes of Liberty, a new biography series. Her children's books tell stories. It's about people devoted to the values that made this country great. You're indoctrinating kids, just like the left does. And that's a very fair question, and it's a question we get a lot. My answer to them is read the books. Her top seller is about Thomas Sowell, who overcame adversity to become a famous economist. He didn't have uh, running hot water, electricity, or indoor toilets. When Sowell's family moved, his new teachers put him in a lower grade because they assumed he couldn't compete with the white kids. Sowell objected to that. He's like, I'd like to speak to the principal. He didn't play the victim. He didn't cry. He stood up for himself and he said, I will prove to you that I'm capable of doing fourth grade math. The principal actually listened, gave him a test. And when Sowell aced the test, the principal told the teachers, take this young man to the fourth grade where he belongs. Sowell didn't let racism or poverty stop him. He helped pay his family's expenses by delivering groceries. By contrast, today's big publishing houses portray black people as victims who can only advance through protest. In this book, we are talking about activism. Kind of touches on intersectionality and protesting. Anti-racist baby is bred, not born. Anti-racist baby is raised to make society transform. Kids are taught to see color and told being colorblind is denial. When you promote this hyper-awareness of race. Kids didn't necessarily see it before, but now they see it everywhere. It's a pretty toxic way to grow up because they are seeing their friend as black, white, or brown instead of Lucy or Sally. Conservatives make up about half the country, but book publishers rarely sell kids' books about them. Why won't they? They're in business to make money. I know, you'd think, right? But the problem is when they produce 27 books about Ruth Bader Ginsburg or anti-racist baby board books, those are being bought in bulk by libraries. And so they have this incentive built in to continue to churn out progressive ideological books. What, all librarians lean left? Mostly, yeah. That surprised me. I think of librarians as apolitical researchers and teachers. But look at their political donations. 90% went to Democrats. I'm surprised it's that low, honestly. I'm surprised it's not 100%. To a book publisher, libraries matter more than parents because while a parent might buy a few books, libraries buy hundreds, paid for by you. It's our tax dollars buying 1,000 copies of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and zero about Amy Coney Barrett. Mandel's book about Coney Barrett says things like, for Amy, being a mother is no less important than being a judge. In girls' children's literature, there's absolutely zero messaging about motherhood. They are told you can be a NASA scientist, you can be an entomologist. None mention did they have children. And girls are not taught that you can have 
all these career ambitions and also be a mother. My husband, Jesse, my son, JP, my daughter, Emma, my daughter, Juliet, my daughter, Tess, my daughter, Vivian, and my son, Liam. The most important thing to me is being a mother and being a wife. And that's not something we're allowed to really say anymore, but it's true. Of course, Mandel's books will be all about conservatives. I'm not a conservative, I'm libertarian. But I'm glad there will be alternatives to what today's big publishers pick. If you want to raise a free thinker, you're gonna need something that teaches about freedom. There are others. The Tuttle Twins have sold several million books. Back before you were born, schools often taught the principles of a free society. But not anymore. Their books feature people like Frederick Bastiat. And we all have a right to liberty, which means we can do stuff without people stopping us. Julie Borowski's books teach about the free market. I was created without any central planners. Those book creators had to self-publish because traditional publishers today are just hostile to people like them. We offered an extremely generous uh, payment for illustrators, and we were told straight up, I'm afraid of getting canceled. I'm afraid of working on a Ronald Reagan book and it getting public and having a hard time finding work thereafter. And so the first illustrators that we had to use were Bulgarian and Brazilian and Romanian. If we have a hard time literally paying people many thousands of dollars to just illustrate books, we're never going to get a book printed about Amy Coney Barrett with a Scholastic, with a Penguin Random House. It's, it, it's just not gonna happen. But a free market can't be held back for long. Entrepreneurs have now created alternative books that teach America's virtues. Rights to life, liberty, and property are so important, they need to be protected. Ooh, that's good. I'm gonna write that down. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. Yes, that'll be the day when you make me cry. You say you're gonna leave. You know it's a So Mike Adams, who I so appreciate, and I, I've been finding all kinds of new websites that uh, that I've learned from Natural News and Mike Adams, and uh, he writes recently about the, uh, he said, it's intentional. Climate change fairy tale is simply an excuse to destroy the physical in infrastructure that keeps civilization alive. If you think that anybody was interested in just having a better uh, life, cleaner air, cleaner water, uh, I'm not saying there aren't people that want that. I, th I think many of my friends and I want that. But that's not what climate change and the environmental movement is about. Adam says almost everything being said about climate change crisis is a complete hoax designed to deconstruct society via a great reset. You've heard the great reset, Klaus Schwab. Remember, they're going to reduce the number of people on the earth by 7 billion people. They're going to achieve it with a couple billion right now with these jabs. You thought, oh, that's impossible. No. When you give women, particularly the jab, and cause them to be uh, sterile, not being able to conceive, or they uh, actually uh, lose their child in the first trimester, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's the same thing that Pharaoh uh, tried to do 
when the Israeli children uh, were flourishing, the numbers, the Israeli population in Egypt was growing faster than the Egyptian population. So Pharaoh told the midwives that when uh, a male baby is born to kill the male baby. That's all this is. It's just a way to do population control. And they're, they're done with trying to have cleaner air. You know, they, they go through all the motions. We want cleaner air. We want cleaner exhaust. We want this. We want that by the year, something, something. But that's all a ruse. They're, they really, the bottom line is what the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, has already said on paper. They, we need to stop farming. We need to stop growing food to stop affecting the atmosphere. Now, if you're going to stop growing food, the only way you can do that is you, you eliminate some of the people. You need to cut back on growing food. That's exactly what they're doing now. Gavin Newsom's been cutting back the amount of water to farmers, cutting back the amount of electricity to manufacturing. It's, it's shrinking the state of California. Okay, I want to go on here. It's going to usher in a new age envisioned by the elites, if you really take time to think about each component of the green agenda, what are the components of the green agenda? Think about it now. Uh, it, 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 every one of them involves the destruction of civilization as we know it today. You eliminate fossil fuels. There's no way you can run a, um, we're talking oil here. It's just a, it's a misnomer to call it a fossil fuel. Oil doesn't come from fossils. Eliminating fossil fuels, uh, for instance, it will, here's one thing it'll do, it's going to stop, you can't make the type of fertilizer that we make, commercial fertilizer, without, without uh, oil. So you can't grow as much food. If you don't have fertilizer, anybody that's growing anything, even stuff in your own backyard, you add fertilizer, it grows better, and it produces better. Uh, it also, you can't transport the food from the farm to the fork. If you can't fuel with diesel big rigs or with trucks with, uh, with gas, there are not going to be any electric semi semis, truck and tr tractors. I mean, tractor and trailers. There aren't going to be any electrics. And if they, even if they could pull it off, they can't make it across country fast enough with constantly having to stop to refuel. So electric semi trucks will not, ex will never come, will never replace other trucks. So they literally have to ex eliminate the whole industry. Then when you think of carbon dioxide, what do you? First thing, it's one of the few science things. I, the first science things I ever remember to have to answer on a test. We breathe in oxygen, which the plants put out, and we breathe out carbon dioxide, which the plants they love it. And carbon dioxide, the more carbon dioxide, the greener the area is. Isn't it, isn't it great? And so carbon dioxide as a pollutant, it's, in fact, your brain, one doctor said <clears throat> that your, your brain needs a certain amount of carbon dioxide. It isn't just a poison. In other words, if it was so poisonous, you couldn't breathe it out successfully. It would kill you. It's not an evil gas molecule in the air that just so happens to make plants grow. 
Without it, literally, there would be no life on planet Earth if there was no CO2. If we just said, we're stopping CO2 by 2050. CO2 has nothing to do with climate patterns. Changing climate is normal. But see, when people lie and they have agenda, they say normal things are actually abnormal, and we need to change that. So kids then are, remember when AOC said that we only have 12 years to fix everything that they have on their green agenda, or or we're all going to die. I mean, that's what they're telling kids in school. It's child abuse, people. You should get your kid out of those schools. They, they actually tell you with a straight face that a cow fart and human beings living on the planet are somehow polluting the planet. Have you ever flown over the planet in an airplane? I have flown for many. I have flown around the globe, all the way around, over, over all kinds of amazing countries with billions of people. China, flown across China, across India. Do you know there's like... You can fly for a long time across these countries that have a billion people and never see, see anybody down there on the ground. In other words, it's it's rural. It's not like dense cities. And they, the impression they give you is there's so many people like ants crawling over each other that, that they we can't survive. Honestly, people, the earth is not very well inhabited. And then they actually tell you with a straight face that a cow fart is impacting the future of the of the world. It's it's just people will believe anything. It's unbelievable. This guy writes if the climate never changed, it would not properly function to sustain life. The climate has to change. The climate agenda in the United States is anti-life. Do you know that that fossil that that uh, not fossil fuels but CO2 there's evidence that the CO2 levels were higher before humans were even on the earth. Now I don't know how they figured that out. But they say it with relative confidence. And so if, if the humans were the big contributor of CO2 then where did all the CO2 come from before we got here? So one thing after another, they're shutting down everything. They're shutting down all the oil. That's going to affect. There's no way that wind energy and solar could even power. If you took the whole whole United States of all the wind and solar, it wouldn't even power California. It's crazy. It's it's an absolute nutso. It's these people are mentally ill. The Wall Street Journal just reported that electricity shortages are expected not just in California and Texas this year, but all across the country. It's now going to be the common thing. I remember going to Tijuana in 1987 and working in, on the Otay Mesa side of Tijuana, working on an orphanage, uh, doubling the size of a two-story building there. And it, it would just, uh, utilities would just go off any old time in the, in the day. And uh, water would turn off everything. Just on, off, on, off. 
shutting off coal, oil, and nuclear power and replacing it with solar panels and large oil oil powered. Do you know that wind turbines are oil created and oil powered? They're never going to keep things going. Buying electric cars for what? They need to be, you know, a battery does not produce any power. It just stores energy. It does not produce the energy. Something has to produce the energy, and it's got to be the only thing that's ever proven on Earth. Scientists have been thinking about it for a long time. The only thing that's ever been successfully powering an industrial world is oil and natural gas and water power. There's not enough supply of green energy, as they call it, and it isn't even green. There's nothing green about solar panels. It has to be created by fossil fuel. There's nothing green about a bird blender. It's got to be produced by oil. In fact, if I get time, I'm going to tell you about the size and the amount of waste that goes into building these solar fields and these wind fields. There's the impact, the footprint on society on, on, if you want to look at it on the climate or on the carbon footprint, as they like to say, the smallest footprint is, is with a, uh, an oil derrick pumping it right out of the ground. It's, it's a lot better than lithium mines, right? You ever seen a look up on DuckDuckGo and just Google or DuckDuckGo lithium mine. You know, it's interesting. On one hand, the Democrats are in favor of killing 50 billion babies. Then they say, well, we, we care so much about the children on the southern border, we're going to let them all in. Then they put them in cages and blame it on Trump. They put them in cages with Obama. So we love kids, they say, but they're all in favor of birth control and abortion. Do you know that the the mines that have to exist primarily in places like Africa for the trace minerals, for the Tesla batteries, that they use child labor? And many of those children are poisoned to death in in the leavings of those mines. Do you ever hear any of the Democrats concerned about that or concerned about any of a loss of life? Going green means a lot of people got to disappear. There's no way they can pull it off. It's an impossibility. You think, oh, well, maybe in the next five years they'll come up with some big discoveries. No way. There isn't any possibility. An entirely new electric-type grid has to be created state by state by state to deliver that type of energy. It's different than water-produced water or nuclear-produced. We're shutting down all the nuclear plants. Why We have two great new nuclear plants on the, on the uh, California coast, San Onofre. And which is south of San, San Diego and uh, Mount Diablo, uh, right over by San Luis Obispo, produce lots of clean power, lots of clean power, and they're they're getting ready to shut finally shut Diablo down. San Onofre was shut down years ago, and uh, we're going to have brownouts. You're not going to be able to operate unless you create your own power. 
Going green means massive depopulation. In other words, which once again is evident by reading between the lines of what the agenda really is all about. We're going to cut down trucking. We're cutting down the amount of foods that's produced. When Gavin Newsom sends most of the water in Northern California into the ocean instead of giving it to people, listen, people, it's a sin. Oh, well, you know, he's just concerned about the fish. And really, it's the farmers that use all the water. No, it is not. That's a lie. That's another lie. Farmers are some of the most uh, efficient. I, I mean, I used to, when I first started out in farming when I was in high school, we did primary, it was all flood irrigation. In fact, I, I ran heads of water. That's what I did for uh, in my high school years, ran water for farmers. And uh, we flooded fields. That's what we did. We did not sprinkle fields. We did not micro-jet fields. That's all modern. The farmers today grow more more crops, grow more yield with le- using less water, and even more uh, economic uses of fertilizer than any ever before. And now that we're cutting down crops. The whole the, the production of rice this year is cutting way back. They're having to they can't they can't use the water. Is there water? Yeah, there's water, but they're sending it out to the ocean. It's crazy. That means the only the 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 final uh what did they call it in the killing of the jews the final solution was that it the final solution i've been thinking about the holocaust a lot and i've been watching a lot of youtube clips on what happened in the concentration camps and i'm not saying covid i'm not comparing covid to uh the concentration camps at all i'm just saying to you that the misinformation and the psychological manipulation and the deviancy of our politicians and the lying and the fraud and the scam that they they uh, perpetrated on innocent people is is the same. It's the same approach. You know, it's interesting to me. Of course, a lot of liberals are godless and conservatives are godless, but. It's interesting to think about where, you know, a lot of times people, oh, well, people, you know, products, you know, of the society, you know, roots and leaves and and things that died, they just decomposed and, and then oil came up. That's so ridiculous. They they called, I, I played a clip, I think it was last week or the week before, they, they've never found a fossil below 16,000 feet below the surface of the earth. They run out of, they just don't, there's no fossils down there. They, they send, you know, they, they research, they, they go down there, they drill down there. And oil comes up, there's oil below that. That can't be a fossil fuel, folks. That's something God created, put there in the earth, and you'd think, why would you do that? Just like, oh, just want some funky stuff down there, just in case. We want to just spray the earth with it. It's just amazing to me. Why? Why don't you? Why? Why don't you come up with the same conclusion about water? Why? Why would just? Wouldn't it? Isn't it just such a coincidence that you got a human being and animals on the earth that we have to have water, and just so happens that the earth is covered with water? What a coincidence! The goal it seems to be to stop the world. 
at least the world as we can, we know it currently as someone ushers in a new age and that new age is going to be with just a handful of people on the earth that's manageable, like a half billion people instead of seven and a half billion people. You think I'm just dreaming this up? No, no, no. It's written right in Klaus Schwab's book at the World Economic Forum, and it's written right in the United Nations view of the, of the future. Natural News wrote, CO2, or carbon dioxide, is, is not just a byproduct product of respiration. Our bodies use it in our neurological functions. We need it. Not all of it is bad. We need oxygen, not carbon dioxide, but our body uses a certain amount of it. Mike Adams says you'd be dead immediately without any carbon dioxide. If you want to read more about, if you're interested in climate news, the truth, you can go to a, a website, very simple, climate.news. Pretty simple, huh? I went over there today, and uh, I, was, I loved it. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about batteries. I, I find this stuff, I like science stuff. As I mentioned earlier, batteries don't make electricity. Do you know that? Probably never. They just store electricity produced by someone else or somewhere. Has to be produced by someone somewhere. And that it's usually the source of electricity comes from coal, uranium, natural gas powered plants, or diesel fuel generators. So to say that an electric vehicle is a zero emission vehicle is just absolute nonsense. Also, since 40% of electricity generated in the U.S. is from coal-fired plants, it follows that 40% of the electric vehicles on the road are coal-powered, don't you see? Does that make sense? If 40% of the, the uh, electricity going into those batteries is coming from coal, wouldn't you say that coal, those EVs or electric vehicles are powered by coal? Come on now. We'll be right back. A lot of white allies and accomplices ask, how can they support black and indigenous people of color? And sometimes I really don't know what to say, but here's one easy way. Just don't have babies. Here's my compromise. You say that people who have white skin shouldn't have babies. As a compromise, I will have babies even harder. And I will have as many babies as I possibly can. How's that? So over the last couple of weeks, I've seen different TikToks from people who do not live in these here United States make different comments on the way our government is structured. They don't understand our constitution, our right to bear arms, our right to self-defense. Understandably so. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around something so different than your normal. I want to try to make it plain. The Declaration of Independence, the preamble, starts with, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. What is an unalienable right? 
It is a natural right, a right that is not given to us by law, but a right that is given to us at birth. Mm. So our right to free speech, our right to bear arms, our right to remain silent is not something that the government can take away because it's not something the government gave to us. Yes. Our Constitution does not give us rights. Our Constitution reminds a government of our rights and that they can only do so much. The government cannot do anything without the consent of the government. She That's how America works. We, the people, run the country. Okay, so this is insane. In real time right now, I am watching uh, Patrice Cullors do a live claiming that I went to her property and demanded to speak to her. Um, and she's, I, I only way I can describe it is she sounds like she's really scared. Um, we're working on a documentary talking about all the funding pertaining to Black Lives Matter. Obviously, we know that Patrice and a lot of the founders purchased million dollars home, million dollar homes in white neighborhoods. Uh, they also purchased a Black Lives Matter property. So we went to the property and asked if there was anyone that we could speak to. Very politely, by the way. We've got cameras in tow, so there's no way she can. It's all on camera, and we just said, "Is there anyone we can speak to?" Nobody asked us to leave. Um, the person went inside. It was just a white man that we saw outside that was providing security, which is super interesting because obviously. Patrice here is anti-police and so she's oh my god I think she's crying on this live pretending that she was harassed we like I said very politely to the guys or anyone we can speak to um, my name's Candace Owens we never went over the gate it was just me ringing the doorbell trying to speak to someone he said absolutely nothing he started just recording us and we said okay if there's no one we can speak to we're gonna leave um Patrice is pretending to be scared because she knows that this black lives matter lie is falling apart um and she doesn't know what to do i mean people are aware of the scam that is black lives matter she's intentionally limited the comments so you can't even comment on this post because i was going to comment and be like this is a complete lie and we have it all on camera in terms of what happened so what you are seeing right now is the face of a woman who is pretending she's afraid of right-wing pundits when in reality She's being exposed as a fraud who took millions, used the faces of black people, took millions of dollars to fund herself, to fund her lifestyle, to fund her girlfriend, and to buy million dollar mansions in neighborhoods where no black people live. So Patrice, um, this footage that we, this story that we're covering is a, a significant one. I have always been interested in the fraud that is Black Lives Matter. Your fake tears, your crocodile tears about someone politely ringing your gate and speaking to your white security guard and, and asking if there was anyone that I could talk to because I was covering the story. Um, not really going to cut it, Patrice. This is only going to commit me further to discovering the truth about what you have done with this funding. Black people died. You used their faces to raise money. You demanded that the policing be stopped. You demanded that police officers be defunded, but you've got a private security detail um, outside of million dollar homes. It just doesn't work this way, sweetheart. So um, the truth shall set you free or Candace Owens shall set you free, girl, because I'm about to tell the truth. All right, we're still filming, bye. Listen to me. Einstein's formula, remember this? Maybe if you don't know much about Einstein, I have a great book written about Einstein that's just fascinating. 
Einstein's formula, which most of us have can recall, but we don't know what it means, is E equals MC squared. Remember that? It tells us this, hold on to this, that the same amount of energy to move a 5,000-pound gasoline-driven automobile, to move it a mile, the same amount of energy to move a 5,000-pound 5,000 5, gasoline-driven automobile a mile, it takes the same amount of energy to move a 5,000-pound electric-driven automobile a mile. Same energy. It's got to come from somewhere. And the fact is, to produce, there, there is no green energy that doesn't have fossil fuel behind it. The only question is, is who produces the power in the beginning? To say it again in a different way, it does not come from the battery. The battery has to get it from somewhere else. It's just like thinking, because your mom puts a glass of water on your table for you to eat with your peanut butter sandwich, you think that the water comes from the glass. It does not. It comes from the earth. And then it, mom puts it in the glass. Pay attention, people. The glass is only the storage device. The battery is just a storage device. The gas tank is a storage device. It's got to be produced somewhere. And the most efficient thing on earth is oil and gas. This guy writes, there's two orders, types of batteries, rechargeable and single use, right? If you, most of mine, I've used a single use, like AA, A, AA, AAA, CD, 9-volt, lantern type. These are dry cell species. You know where they come from? They got to go get zinc and manganese and lithium and silver oxide. I want you, when I say these, you think of little black kids working in these mines to separate the rock to get these super special minerals, trace minerals out, zinc and carbon, silver oxide to store. And all you put all that stuff together scientifically and you can store electricity in it for a while. All of these chemicals, these uh, resources, zinc, manganese, lithium, silver oxide. They are all toxic heavy metals. Rechargeable batteries only differ in their internal materials, usually lithium ion, nickel metal oxide, and nickel cadmium. Super toxic stuff. And what? who do we have doing it? These little black kids that are poor black kids over there that they pay pennies a day to separate out the rocks and get the right piles going so they could sell it to China and the United States. You know how many batteries we're going through a year? We use 3 billion of these two battery types in one year, 3 billion. And most aren't even recycled. They end up in the landfills. California is the only state in the union which requires all batteries to be recycled. Have you ever recycled a battery in California? I have not. I just throw them in the garbage. There's, there's a whole talk here on what happens to the battery when it just goes back out there. They're toxic and they ooze into the, the atmosphere. Check this out. This will blow your mind. This, this should blow your mind. 
a typical electric vehicle battery. I had a lady pull up, drop some stuff onto me today in a nice, quiet little EV car. And a typical EV battery weighs 1,000 pounds. Write this down. This will like send you into the, o, the ozone or an orbit around it. Typical batteries, 1,000 pounds in these cars, about the size of a travel trunk. It contains 25 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of nickel, 44 pounds of manganese, 30 pounds of cobalt, 200 pounds of copper, and 400 pounds of aluminum, steel, and plastic. Inside are over 6,000 individual lithium-ion cells. Does it concern you that all these toxic components come from mining? I'm telling you, look up the names of these mines, and they go down for miles, and they have equipment running there that use thousands of gallons a day that are two and three stories high, these front-end loaders and stuff. To manufacture one EV auto battery, you must process 25,000 pounds of brine for the lithium, 30,000 pounds of ore for the cobalt, 5,000 pounds of ore for the nickel, and 25,000 pounds of ore for copper. All told, you are using a magnificent machine that sits several stories high. The tires themselves are twice as high as a human. All told, you dig up one-half million pounds of earth crust for just one battery for an EV car, an electric vehicle. A, a half a million. I, I, this isn't a typo. 500,000 pounds of earth's crust must be messed with to deliver one 1,000-pound battery for Tesla. Baby, you're going to tell me that that's green? Any part of that? Have you ever looked at where an oil derrick where they just they just rock back and forth and they just got a a post they got a uh, big long shaft running into the earth and that's somehow bad and those big mines with little black kids running around separating rock are good. Sixty eight percent of the world's cobalt, a significant part of the battery, comes from the Congo. Their mines have no pollution controls, and they employ children who die from handling this toxic material. You think anybody's, like, sweating that at the capital of California or Washington, D.C.? California today is building the largest battery in the world near San Francisco, and they intend to power it from solar panels and windmills. They claim this is the ultimate green. It's total fraud. The construction project is creating an environmental disaster. You know why? Solar arrays. When you look at the chemicals needed to process silicate into silicon, it's a big deal. To make pure enough silicon requires processing it with hydrochloric acid, sulfuric acid, nitric acid, hydrogen fluoride, trichlorothane, acetone. In addition, they also need gallium, arsenide, copper indium, Indian, copper indium, gallium, disilinide, and cadmium telluride, which also are all highly toxic. This is just a 
make your solar panels. Silicon dust is a hazard to the workers, and the panels can never be recycled. You see all these panels? We got some at our church. We put up a solar system. PG&E was killing us. Those, those panels cannot be recycled. Check this out. This, this, every time I've driven by these windmills in Vietnam, they are massive. I've driven right under them. You can get right up close near Nha Trang, where we had a big military base during the Vietnam War. I've driven right by them. I just, they're so ugly. I mean, it's so beautiful along that coast. Listen to this, people. Windmills are the ultimate in embedded costs and environmental destruction. Each windmill weighs 1,688 tons, the equivalent weight of 23 houses, and contains 1,300 tons of concrete, 295 tons, this is one, 295 tons of steel, 48 tons of iron, 24 tons of fiberglass, and the hard-to-extract rare earth products of neodymium, praseodymium, and dice. Procyum. Each blade, each blade on those big windmills, 81,000 pounds per blade. And it's going to last 15 to 20 years, at which time it has to be replaced. There is no way to recycle used blades. They're made of such unique material. They have no, they don't know what to do with the material once it's wasted. And they don't, it will not decompose. This does not produce zero emissions, people. I've actually seen, they say the size of, you know, the top of a windmill with the windmill blades going around the end of it, the whole back, the, the motor part of it, is the size of a school bus, a full school bus at the top of that post. Going green is a big loser, people. God gave us oil for a reason. And and to think that the wind or the sun is going to and batteries are going to solve this is just big time stupid. Big time stupid. All right. I want to uh, mention a few of the people that are supporters of, of me and what we got going here. It's me and a group of us, actually, that are putting on this show because I couldn't do it on my own with uh, Tanner Martis, Santos Vigil, and Ernie Friesen, and Ken Vrazell, and all these guys. Thank you so much. And I just want to mention some of those folks that uh, all power services. I wish that Will Fanning and Josh James were using their brain and putting our energy together, energy policy, because these boys are smart. They'll fix any kind of power tool you have so you can actually put your tool back into Fixing things for you, cutting things down, giving you some pleasure like out on a boat or a motorcycle. They fix anything with a motor. Repair it, power sports, power tools, custom welding. All power services are at 1469 Stewart Road, Yuba City, 530-844-0347. All power 1469 at gmail.com. Alpower1469 at gmail.com. Give them a shout out. They get stuff done. They do not collect your broken tools and your bro- broken vehicles. 
Also, uh, Allen's Auto Body, they're the guys with the yellow building at the corner, bright yellow, canary yellow, I call it, at the corner of Sutter Street and Tea Garden in Yuba City. Kevin and Kerry Clark run Allen's Auto Body. They have run it for many years, and they made my people comment, man, that's a nice-looking car. I said, yeah, it's almost older than me. And it, I said, Allen's Auto Body made it look like this. Put a new front end on that thing. I got... I, Tried to kiss a back end of a big rig, and it, it, it like, bit me. It bit my lip off. Allen's Auto Body, 530-671-1057. They're nice people. They're honest people, and they'll do you a nice job. That Kevin, he knows how to fix cars, I'll tell you. 530-671-1057. And give him a shout-out at Tea Garden at Sutter. And then right Next door, you could walk over there before you can make a, uh, a tuna sandwich to North Valley Paralegal. you got some legal problems. My friend Nellie Garcia will fix you up, and she'll do it faster, s- smarter, cheaper, and more kindly than the average attorney. In fact, some attorneys just say, Nellie, just take this case from me. I don't have time to do it, or I'm going on vacation, girl. You take it. 751 Sutter Street. Five three zero seven five one nine two eight nine. She will help you. Seven five one nine two eight nine. She will get you going and solve the problem. If there's some reason she, because she's a paralegal, she cannot represent you in court uh, and go make some arguments for you. But she, she gets quite a bit done actually. And uh, but she will get you sorted out whatever you need. And also. Let me just mention Dr. Joe Cassidy. He is the expert on addiction in the Yuba Sutter area, and we got people dropping dead every week from fentanyl. And really, the government just doesn't even raise an eyebrow, or even they don't shed a tear. Like, remember how they used to Doctor Doctor Death? She used to shed a tear and, on YouTube and say, "My condolences for your loved one who died of COVID." And they really died, didn't die of COVID. They shot themselves in the head or something. But they they tested positive for COVID, which was also a lie. You know, almost everything Dr. Lou says is a lie. And so, uh, you know, she told her, I saw one YouTube deal. She said, if you have COVID, just go home. There's nothing else we can do for you until you can't breathe. Then we're going to put you on remdesivir. But, you know, no suggestion like, oh, take zinc, take vitamin C, get some quercetin or quercetin. Why don't you... uh, Take some ivermectin. Take oh, there's nothing we can do for you. Even though right out of Beale Air Force Base, they got they're stockpiling hydroxychloroquine out there. So if you want to get help with addiction, we're helping people every single week, Doctor Cassidy and I. And you can call Peachtree Health at five three zero seven four nine thirty two forty two. And if you can't get through, if you get too impatient, you're freaking out, you're sick, you got heroin withdrawals. Text Dr. Cassidy at 530-682-8648, 682-8648. And if all else fails, just dial me up and we'll talk and I'll, I'll, I'll get it all happen. And I just do logistics. They're not letting me operate on people or prescribe medications yet. 530-713-1838 is my number. I want to tell you, we got about four minutes here before the end of the fourth segment. So uh, before... Before uh, COVID, uh, the Options for Change, which is the government's outreach to addicts, uh, it's an outpatient addict uh, schooling, help them get on their feet and get them into rehabs. So 
I think four, four, if not five days a week, you could just walk in. If you're an addict, if you find your way, you could get over there, hitch a ride, bicycle, walk, whatever. You could just walk in and get an evaluation and get a, get ushered into a, a rehab. When COVID happened, nobody was doing anything. They claimed they didn't have any money, even though the government gets all our money. They claimed they didn't have any money to help addicts or alcoholics. And everybody was operating on Zoom and nobody wanted to talk to you. So now what's going on now? We're talking about the you see them around town. They're totally out of their minds. You see them, right? They're walking barefooted. Some of them don't even have proper pants on. Some are wrapped in a blanket. You think this person's going to walk from Marysville over the 10th Street Bridge out to Live Oak Boulevard, 1964, 65 Live Oak Boulevard, and make it there on the only day? In fact, you can't just walk in anymore. Now you have to call in, like hypothetically between 10 and 12 on Tuesdays. And if they sound, if you sound like you qualified, then they'll make an actual appointment for you where you can actually come over there. Then you got to go get a tetanus shot, and you got to go get a physical, and you got to do this, that, and the other thing. That's a lot for me. I, I'm not an addict, and I'm not. Uh, my mind still is working pretty good, but it would. That's a lot to do for me just to to go get a job. Do you think you wonder how come we're not getting these people off the streets? It's because. That's that schedule that I just described to you works really well for the employees, but it doesn't work for the addict. You know, it's kind of like saying at McDonald's that uh, when people are running through at noon, that's when your smallest group of people are working at McDonald's. And so all these people back up 30 cars back up to get their lunch so they can go back to work. And the McDonald's says, well, this is the best we can do because this is it works good for the employees. No, no, no. McDonald's is about getting hamburgers in your mouth. The Sutter County and Yuba County supervisors who run mental health don't give a damn about addicts. They they don't they don't even they don't lose sleep. Dr. Death doesn't lose any sleep about kids, 20 year old, 15 year old kids dropping dead from fentanyl nut getting hit by a train, jumping off a building, not shooting themselves. Don't lose a bit of sleep. They got their checks coming in. They got their, their, all their benefits coming in. You know something? When, uh, when some of those supervisors get sick and they call 911, they're over there at their house at four, four minutes, five minutes, picking them up, taking them over to Adventist. Why don't we treat addicts that cry out for help with the same uh, excitement and zeal that we do as running these ambulances and fire departments over to my house if I have a heart attack or whatever? Right? I don't have to apply. I don't have to give my name. I don't have to do. They just take me in and get get me going. All the All the hoops. I just talked to a guy that works for Nevada County. And they have a whole team that goes out and recruits people out of the homeless camps to get into rehab. And they go do all the running around for them. They get them into a motel to get them steadied and cleaned up and ready to go into a rehab. And they get the rehab for them. They do all of it for them and they go get them. They have a whole team doing that. We'll be right back and we'll get it to our fifth segment here in a second. 
Fentanyl is killing Americans at record rates. Many of them didn't know they were taking the deadliest drug our country has ever seen. They didn't know how drug traffickers mix fentanyl in cocaine, in heroin, and in methamphetamine. They didn't know that the prescription pill they bought from a dealer on social media was fake and actually contained fentanyl. And they didn't know that just one pill can kill. But we at the DEA know that this is happening. And now you do too. Now you can help us to save lives. Only take prescription pills that are prescribed to you personally and that come from a pharmacy. And on this first ever National Fentanyl Awareness Day, please be sure to talk with your friends and your family about the dangers of this deadly substance. Together, we can save lives. Thank you. We know if we look at the recent inflation data, a large, depending on which data you look at, two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is, is a result of energy prices. A, a large part of that is the result, and, and, and Chairman Powell has spoken to this, and Secretary, um, Secretary Yellen has also spoken to this, as a result of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on the global energy markets. Those are all steps and impacts that I don't think anyone could have predicted a year ago. Look, this is a very expensive package. Uh, we could be sitting on a tinderbox from the standpoint of inflation. Uh, this is not wise. And you're seeing that from Larry Summers, who was a, a former Treasury Secretary on the Democratic side. I don't think anyone could have predicted a year ago. Biden gets in, you're going to end up with a depression, the likes of which you've never seen. You'll be lucky if you end up with a country at all. Uh, we will circle back with you. We'll, we'll circle back with you. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back. So nice. That almost makes me forget we're all going to be dead in a week. I'm kidding. It'll probably be a month. Remember when we thought the pandemic was over? Everyone was so happy. We did it! We probably look so stupid. Everyone was patting themselves on the back. You know, I'm just glad I could help out the sick by staying inside. It's not over? Well, I'm not going back in. Those sick people have to die. Because it's not over. The pandemic is like a TV show you thought was canceled, and then it got picked up by Netflix. I didn't really pace myself for another season. I don't know about you, I wasn't planning on seeing my family ever again. <laughs> Parents know the feeling. It's like changing that diaper in the middle of the night. You're exhausted, it's disgusting, but you have to do it. So you change the diaper, you finally get the sleeper back on, and as you gently lay the baby back in the crib, you hear the diaper fill up again. <laughs> and that's what the year 2021 is. Over and over. It's just a diaper filling up over and over. I kind of miss the early days of the pandemic. Those were fun. Back when we thought washing our hands would protect us. Everyone wash your hands, we'll be fine. Okay. Remember before there were readily available tests? Everyone had that friend that used to brag like, yeah, I already had COVID. I had it back in 91. 
Yeah, back then it was called COVID-91. <laughs> Had it a couple times. Got rid of it by washing my hands. Because the symptoms were confusing. They're still confusing. It's like, what are the symptoms? Everything. <laughs> what do you mean everything? Asking a question is a symptom. <laughs> well, that, that can't be true. Denial is a major symptom. <laughs> did you wipe down your groceries? I did that. You felt so silly. You're like, I'm just a normal guy cleaning a Triscuit box. <laughs> Is this what OCD feels like? <laughs> a couple weeks later, you're like, Dad, they look clean to me. <laughs> I cleaned them. But you had to take the precautions. There was no uniformity. Everyone talked a big game, right? Oh, we're on lockdown. No work, no school, you know, we got our bubble. Bubble's just my family and these two people we see at a weekly sex party. <laughs> Figure better safe than sorry. Because we all went through the same pandemic, but we didn't have the same experience, right? There were factors. Like, if you were 25 and healthy, you were like, whatever, I'm going on a COVID cruise. <laughs> But if you were over the age of 25, and it may surprise you, but I am, <laughs> you watch the news more closely, right? The news guys would be like, high-risk people are older. And you're like, well, how old? <laughs> like, old, old, or didn't have a cell phone in high school old? <laughs> I spent some time on the phone today because I have a, a f friends that work in the drug rehabilitation business. They're counselors. And so my friend, I was on the phone trying to get uh, a referral for someone to go to Al-Anon. In fact, this is, this is amazing. This woman whose daughter, grown daughter, adult daughter, is an alcoholic. In another state, she's trying to help her, and she's going through changes. Mom's going through changes. So she heard about a thing called Al-Anon, right? But she didn't know where any Al-Anon was, and she, I guess she didn't think to just go to the Internet, which you can find everything, right? So she stopped in to uh, Pathways, which is a local rehab, and they're nice people there, and they've done a lot of good. It's a residential rehab. So she goes in and just asks them a question. Can you help me find where Al-Anon is? They could not do that. Don't you think when, like, they don't, they don't wash clothes there for people. That they're not a laundromat. They don't do uh, colonoscopies. They do not grow tomatoes there. They do not uh, sell shampoo there. All they do at Pathways is do drug rehabilitation. And instead of helping that woman and having a public service orientation, you know, at Nordstrom's, their, their, their word at Nordstrom's used to be that if they didn't have what you needed, they would call around to other stores or competitors to find what you needed and, <clears throat> and have them set it aside so you could go get it. That's how public service they were. So she goes into this pathways and she asks them, 
could you help me? I need, I think I need to go to one of these Al-Anon support groups. And instead of like looking it up or, t- or having that as a list for all the families that have drug addicts at, at Pathways, they said to call Lou Benninger. Me, is that the craziest thing you've ever heard of? Do you think I solved that for? Absolutely, I solved it. In about five minutes, I, I had all the answers for her. Do you think that person at Pathways couldn't take five minutes and just be kind to that woman? Where is a public service at? That's all they do over there. They do not teach sewing. They do not do haircuts. They do not help people get jobs. That's all they do is work with families with drugs. Now, our our, our uh, behavioral health, the options for change was created specifically to usher addicts into, into rehabilitation. They're the most unkind, inhumane, ridiculous if, if they were paid by the peace, like back in the days when we used to pick peaches in the 60s, Mexican farm workers would pick peaches by the bin. I don't even know where they do that today. All the peaches, were clean peaches were hand-picked, and they picked them by the bin. You think they pick faster when you pick by the bin versus by the hour? Baby, you could hear them pick. It was a buzz in those orchards because they got paid by the outcome. If you paid drug counselors and that behavioral health, they were funded based on the number of people they got into rehabs, they would change their tune. They get paid whether they just pick their nose all day over there and rub their rear end. It's ridiculous. To expect a heroin. I've seen guys shoot heroin through my fence over here. I went and bought some Narcan at Walgreens because I thought I was going to have to jumpstart these dudes. I've watched them shoot when their pants were falling off their rear because they were so skinny on a, in early one in the morning, shooting up the first time of the day. Barefooted, a thin T-shirt on, it was cold out, and they were trying to hit a vein in their crook of their arm. And taking 45 minutes to try to hit the vein. You think that guy is going to make a call, walk over over the bridge, do it at the specific time, right? Call and then show up at a specific time and then do this and get on Zoom. Come on, people. You don't want to save any addicts. You're happy to see them drop dead and rot in the river bottoms. You people were going to answer for this one of these days. You're going to drop dead yourself, and then you're going to have to answer. Everybody's going to have to answer. That's what the Bible says. You think, oh, I don't believe in God. I don't care whether you believe in God or not. I'm just going to tell you where you're going. All right? You need to believe it or not. Right? You go rob Walgreens and think, oh, I'm going to get away with it. You may think you're going to not nothing's going to happen to you. You do some kind of a crime, but you may end up in jail. You don't have to believe in it. <laughs> you're going to answer for your stupid. You think, oh, well, that's all they expect of us is just to show up at work and have a sandwich and cup, cup of coffee and wait for people to show up here right out of the river bottom sick. They got sores on their feet, right? They got sores all over their body. They're they're vomiting. I had a mother the other day called me after I said, hey, if you, if you need any help with your son, I didn't know he's even on drugs. I gave, gave him my phone number at an at a, a entertainment event locally. I said, hey, if your son ever needs somebody to talk to, give me a call. She, she texts me. 
he confessed that he's using some drugs. I thought he's probably smoking marijuana. I'll get together with him. We'll have a talk. Before I could even get to him, he went into full-blown withdrawals off either fentanyl or heroin. We're talking about a high school kid, people. One wrong move on a deal like that, you have a dead high school kid. Do you think that Sutter County, Yuba County cares about that kid? They do not. They don't care about it. They let all those kids die one after another during COVID, didn't provide any services, no support groups, told them they couldn't even go into a rehab, that rehabs were shut down. And they think they did a great job and they gave Dr. Dr. Death Nine of ten supervisors gave her the big old high fives, good housekeeping stamp of approval. I'm telling you, these people have lost their mind. Every incumbent needs to go. If I thought we could recall them, it's so hard to recall even even a turd. If I thought we could pull it off, I would file a recall on every single uh, incumbent. But at least we have a couple that can be kicked out right now. And I don't care whether I've liked them in the past. They have made really bad decisions and need to go into retirement and maybe get a job as a Walmart greeter or something. Do something different. Not where it's going to, you know, even if the greeter's rude to me, I'm not going to die over it. But, to, but to, to make decisions and ruin people's lives and ruin people's businesses and cause people to have divorces and blow ups in their family and have people hang themselves and shoot themselves because you're saying they can't come out of their house for goodness sakes. You got, you got, you're going to, there's a payday someday, my friend, there's a payday someday. Sick. You leaders in Yuban Sutter County are sick. You're as sick as the people out there on the streets. You're so full of yourselves, you can't even get out of, out of the way. You call it hu- humane to throw these people a sandwich and a couple hundred bucks a month? Oh, not, no, I'm not talking about increasing the amount of food or money. I'm talking about getting them off the street. What are you doing to get them off the street? You want it, If you think, oh, well, Lou, you don't know what you're talking about, that's a... Listen, if you can't do the job, retire. Please resign. If you can't do the job, we got Dan Flores spending $23,000, $24,000. are going to put a homeless camp, I'll call it the Flores Zoo, in the Kmart parking lot. Some of you need to pay attention to what uh, Courtney Ortega, the opponent to Dan Flores, is saying most people don't even realize that the supervisors of Sutter County took a long-term lease purchase on that entire Kmart. It's like two blocks big because they wanted to control it so nobody else could get it. That's our tax dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe a month down the tubes. And then they just spent, they, I guess they just decided to finally purchase it for $12 million or something, something. It doesn't really make any difference. What are they doing? Investing our money or trying to wheel and deal with our money. That's the same thing that the, the, the uh, Marysville City Council did over here along Ellis Lake and cost us darn near bankrupted the city. I call it the uh, B Street boondoggle. Now we got the Kmart boondoggle. 
And now they're going to put, how would you like to have funk chiropractic? That business with, with uh, all kinds of crazies, you know, sex abusers, people shooting heroin right across the street from you. Or all those businesses, Mid-Valley Sound, the Halal Market, all those businesses. I, I think there's a pizza, a pizza place, uh, fitness center. How would you like this? You'd be 30, 40, 50, 100 people in there all the time. And that's the best these supervisors can do. They can't, they can't have a team getting people out of the river bottoms every day going down. We, I talked to a guy. He said, I'm an outreach guy. Go to the river bottoms every day, begging people and signing people up to leave and go into rehabs. And then I put, I connect them all up. I said, Lou, why we would never ask people to go here, go there, do the other thing. I take them and get them the tests. I take them with me and I take them and get the test and get the tetanus or whatever they need, TB, whatever and get them qualified to go into the rehabs. And we deliver them. And if I got to keep them overnight to keep them squared up, I put them in a hotel room because we're headed to a rehab. But we're no, 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 no. It's all, you know, it's all about everything. The government is at the center of the universe and all of us got to rotate around it and bow before the government. I'm telling you people, these supervisors are not leaders. These people are not smart people. Can they steal your money? Oh, yeah. They can make deals on the side and, and line their pockets. The Dan Flores of the world. It's all about Dan. Danny boy. Money, 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 money. It's not about public service. Everything he touches, he wants a cut. I want a percentage of this. I want government grants for my school. I want a, a low interest loan. The government, I want the government handout. He, he's, he's worse than a welfare recipient. You know what he's smart? You, do you, you ever think that criminals are stupid? No, 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 not all of them. There's some smart people there. I always said, man, if, in fact, I worked with a guy today, been out of prison for years. He's smart. He's a hard worker. He's, and I think, how did you get so screwed up, man? Drugs. You know something? There's other things that are intoxicating. The love of money, baby. The love of money. The Bible talks about it. It's the root of all evil. The love of money. We got a bunch of people. I could name a whole list here off the top of my head. I feel sad for them. Oh, they think there's all something and a bag of chips, man. They think, oh, we're big. We're like big. We got we own all kinds of property around here. We we're controlling all things. Oh yeah, that that big company's coming in. They're buying our property. Oh yeah, we're gonna buy that property over there because that's gonna be the next big big deal. Oh, they think they're all something. They go to bed at night thinking, oh, we're happy. But one of these days, their your silver cord is gonna be jerked, baby. You're gonna be in an eternity, and you're gonna have to answer for all the crazy. Uh, underhanded, uh, off-color, weird, unethical, and thievery things you've done in our community. I'm not saying all, all wealthy people. I know some really wealthy people that, are, that give most of their wealth away, actually, to Christian causes. And they, they got it honestly. And they didn't have to use the government to fill their pockets for them with grants and freebies and buying their school I just want to ask Tom Russer. Hey, Tom, are you out there tonight? Tom Russer, Mr. Incumbent, would you buy 
would you buy uh, Flores' school out of your own pocket for half a million dollars and pay him 10000 a month? Would you do that yourself out of your own pocket? Is that a worthwhile investment? Baby, I wouldn't. I would not. If you wouldn't, why would you spend our tax monies on it, my friend? Or any of you other big administrators over there at Sutter County Office of Education making one hundred and eighty dollars to $200,000, why wouldn't you say, are you kidding me? We're going to buy that? Why would you... You know, we we got so many people that are pussies now. No no balls. You won't stand up and say anything when it's the right thing because you're afraid of losing something. You know, you're just exactly the opposite of our founding fathers who who put it if they pushed it all to the center of the table. They said, My whole ranch, my family, my life, everything. I'm going to put right in there to sign this document, Declaration of Independence of the Constitution, whichever document they signed. We got nobody. The leaders here now today, all the way to the top, the Kevin McCarthy's, what a snake. The Doug LaMalfa's, are you kidding me? The guy is a wallflower. When's the last thing he ever did anything? We've been paying him, what, $180,000 a year and flying him back and forth to Washington, D.C.? We would be better off with just an empty office up there. We got people that are into public service. It's not about public service. It's the, it's the government line of my pockets. Oh, well, we're so important. We need a retirement. Can you imagine? You know, when I was on the Yuba County Board of, of Education, We met once a month. We were getting a hundred and sixty dollar stipend and a thousand dollar at that time it was a thousand dollar insurance policy at the end of my terms. It started out like a third of that. And I brought up and these people are responsible, I thought kind of conservative people that were on the board then. I'll leave them nameless. And I brought up, I think it's ridiculous that we are getting paid a $1,000 insurance policy a month. And all we do is come to a one-hour meeting. And most of us don't do anything during the month to improve this department. I don't think it's fair. And I was attacked all the way around the broom on the board. And one of them said, well, hey, if you don't want the insurance, just don't take it. And I thought, you know something, you make a great point, and I didn't take it. I just said, keep your insurance. I don't want it. Because when I started, I thought it was a volunteer position, no stipend. I didn't look for a stipend. I didn't look for insurance. I just thought it was a, it was a, a no-pay position. And then I get in there, and they say, oh, yeah, you get it. At that time, it was $50 a month <laughs> for a little stipend. I thought, I don't need the 50 bucks. I got, I got enough to eat. I work, I work a full-time job. I don't need anything, right? But when I, you know, they finally out, thank God, at, by the time I finished, they voted the insurance benefit out for future employee, for future uh, board members. Thank God. But I'm telling you, supposedly conservative elderly people, they were all older than me, just had a, they would have told me if they could have to F off, but they, they didn't usually speak that way, but they were furious. 
That's the welfare mentality people in even our older people. They have an entitlement mentality. That is not America, people. That is not the America that, that got us to where we are today. And we have politicians, even at our lowest level here, that are just seeing what they can get out of it and counting their shekels. They're counting their shekels. And, and you know, they're so... These guys are such... Uh, oh, the term. Sissies. They, they didn't even have the balls to vote on their own uh, salary increases. So what they did is they tied it to the judge increases so they don't even have to discuss it and the public doesn't even see it and they don't even think they get them, the public. It's all under the table. But then they would say, oh, no, it's all right out there in public. No, it is not. It's deceptive. They were very deceptive. Deceptive is dishonesty. Deception is dishonesty. Dishonesty is evil. Where do I get, you know where the plumb line is on all this? It's called the Bible, folks. And you don't have to, you don't have to steal money out of somebody's back pocket, physically take their wallet. You could just steal it all kinds of ways. Just get in line for the handouts from the government. I've been telling these Afghan refugees, they said, oh, Lou, the other Afghan refugees, they told us we could get some COVID money, we can get this money, we can get this. I said, will you quit it? Go to work every day and quit looking for a handout. That's a loser mentality. It's going to affect you the rest of your life. Our politicians are the worst. There are the worst examples for our community. They are got their hand in the trough. They are like sucking on that government tit. They are like worthless. In my view, they are completely worthless. We'll be right back. And I think uh, we're going to be doing, I, I got goofed up and did an extra segment last week. Tanner said, did you want to do that extra segment? I said, no, I just lost my mind. So we'll be right back. Well, I love you, baby, and you ought to know. I like the way that you wear your clothes. Everything about you is a doggone sweet. You got that sand all over your feet. So, uh-uh. Hey, honey, don't. Honey, don't. Well, honey, don't. Uh-uh. Honey, don't. Honey, don't. Okay, welcome. Say Everybody, welcome to the book club. Uh-uh. I want to ask you guys. What did you think of 1984? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, it's my new favorite. Uh, a great book. Absolutely great book. A world I'd like to live in. You know, labor camps, snow love, a rocket fire happening all the time. Uh, Big Brother watching you. The Thought Police. You gotta love the Thought Police. I, I just, I, I love those guys. I love them. I, I just, I think I would, if I was in 1984, I would be a Thought Police member. I, I would. I, I would. I personally absolutely love this book. I absolutely love it. It's the 17th time I've read it. <laughs> it's just, oh. Well, I thought it was wonderful. I, I really did. I mean, two plus two is five. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, Just a beautiful depiction of a world that I'd like to live in. Uh, I, I think Big Brother is a wonderful, a wonderful thing. I mean, we should not be able to freely think or talk how we want to talk. I think the government knows best. I mean, and let's be honest, Winston's an idiot. Uh, he thought he could fall in love with Julia without the permission of the government. 
I mean, the government controls everything as it should, as it should. I think people can get out of hand, you know, and, and having a minister of truth to just say, hey, don't think that. Hey, don't say that is, is best for society. Uh, I personally think that we have a ton of disinformation here in America. And I'm very appreciative that the Biden administration has formed a disinformation governance board. I mean, it's like they took this book and they made it into real life. <laughs> and I love it. I absolutely love it. I just... And at the end, you know, Big Brother saying, hey, we're going to have these rats eat your face, Winston. They're going to eat your face. I mean, that's how you control people. I think it's a great idea. I, I, we, we should be doing that here. I mean, my absolute favorite, war is peace, freedom is slavery. It is. Freedom is slavery. And ignorance is strength. <sighs> I mean, my personal views really are, if you don't think as you're told, or say as you're told, then you should be put in a labor camp. I mean, it's just, it's, it's simple. We, we, we make it too complex. Back in 2008, while the masses flocked to Obama to save them from Dick Cheney, those waking up to the American nightmare could clearly see how he was a puppet to Wall Street and the big banks, and also to the military-industrial complex. Their profits soared as the anti-war movement disappeared. Obama even had an American citizen killed with a drone strike while eating dinner. Obama loved Predator drones, and he normalized the unending war. I have two words for you, predator drones. <laughs> you will never see it coming. <laughs> you think I'm joking? At first, Obama was not threatened by the election of Donald Trump. He had the all-powerful media on his side. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. <laughs> well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. But that didn't last. If we fall for... Trump got elected. And Obama helped lead a massive attack against him with the entire establishment, mainstream media, and loyal Democrats. And by the time the 2020 election was stolen right before our eyes, there was no doubt that Joe Biden was a puppet. But whose puppet? I think it's no surprise to know that it's not just uh, Obama, but it's the whole Obama-Clinton machine that has been in power for a long time and continues to pull the strings behind the curtain in the Biden administration. But when we're talking about this ministry of truth, Will, what's even more disturbing than the fact that you have all these Democrats who are supporting it is that there are powerful Republicans who are supporting it as well. Obama and Clinton are puppets, along with at least 99% of all the Democrats and Republicans in Congress. And it's not even a government anymore. It's a criminal cabal made up of several crime families and corporations that see the people as a commodity. And now, while being exposed for some of the biggest crimes in American history, they are stealing every last penny from the American people, creating a worldwide famine and provoking a war with a country that is showing off ways they can nuke we the people into oblivion. 
In Germany, hundreds of thousands of people are demanding that their government stop sending weapons to Ukraine and urging them to move towards a peaceful resolution. While in America, it seems as if everyone is just going about their business, waiting for the next election, as if it's just a series on Netflix we are watching. But if we sit and do nothing, as we watch them start a nuclear war, are we innocent? The U.S. government is training Ukrainian soldiers in Germany and supplying Ukraine with hundreds of newly declassified suicide drones. The liars and thieves inhabiting the U.S. government are starting this war for their own puppet masters. But they are no one special, just old, old money with centuries of fraud. And we outnumber them 10,000 to one, conservatively. They are not going to stop. And now that they are being exposed, it's just going to get worse. And so wouldn't it be beautiful if we the people can stand up for what's right and stop World War III? Ships a day, lonely sailors pass the time away. Talk about their homes. There's a girl in this harbor town, she works laying whiskey down. They say, Brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. You know, uh, sailors say, Brandy, as you listen to this this week, the uh. COVID-Con and Beyond is, has been going on since Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And if you go, uh, the only person that I didn't see listed speaking that was supposed to speak is uh, Zelenko, Zev Zelenko, Vladimir Zelenko, more officially. And he's been struggling with his health. Uh, he has some kind of funky cancer, rare cancer. So... But the lineup, I think they finally, I hope they published. So I saw a lineup here on my uh, cell phone they sent me today. Um, and uh, Henry Ely, Thomas Renz, David Martin, Foster Gamble. You remember Procter and Gamble? This, uh, he's speaking. Foster Gamble's the son of the Gamble from Procter and Gamble. And, uh, but there's a whole bunch of people. Uh, some of the people you may not know, but they're great. Just take my word for it. So you can go to uh, Beyond the Con, Beyond the Con, C-O-N, like convict, beyondthecon.com, and you could uh, probably get it uh, online, recorded. I don't know whether churchofgladtidings.com will have it in a few days, whether they'll allow us to also share it. They may want some money for it. So it may be going through beyondthecon.com. I, I would really encourage you to go uh, check it out. But if you could go live, if you're close in Northern California, well, uh, sorry, uh, it, I, I'm doing this. I'm losing my sense of, of uh, time here. But it's going to, by the time you listen to this, it'll probably, but you're not going to have time to get over there for the Saturday sessions. And uh, but the best thing is with technology today, you can watch it in the comfort of your own home and watch it, uh, and it, it will be a mind blower. So, beyondthecom.com, and uh, really some great, great speakers. And uh, so go for it, and uh, hope you enjoy that. 
Uh, let's see, what else do I want to do here? I want to mention a few more people, and then, then I want to get into the thick of it. I want to mention uh, the Thrifty Rooter trucks are all over town. I get a kick out of them. I run into them at different places, and I said, oh, how you doing, Thrifty Rooter? And I don't tell them. I talk about them on the air, but I always pay attention to what they're up to. But they do a great job. And I'm so proud to have them connected, uh, me connected to them, because they help us with the show here. So thriftyrooter.net, they've been around for almost 50 years, and they serve multiple counties here in Northern California. I'm I'm familiar with them here in Yuba Sutter, because I spend a lot of my time here. But I think they even branch out over into Butte and Nevada, maybe. So, uh, but they do other things other than what the typical plumber does. They've got the big rigs. If you're out there in the foothills or in the rural areas with your septic systems and the septic tanks, they can pump those for you. And they, they got a lot of skills that way. So, uh, you can go on their website, thriftyrooter.net, and you can see all the things that they do. And, and you can just go on there say, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll just go down there. You can send them a message saying, this is my problem. You can type it right in the, the website. This is my problem. This is my name, my address, my phone number, and just hit send. Boom, it's over there. And Or you could call them on the phone. They got a dispatch center at 530-673-8201, 530-673-8201. Now, listen, my dad was a, a sole proprietor. Uh, he had a meat market for 40-some years, different meat markets. You don't you don't stay in business that long and make a profit and pay pay your bills and pay all your employees and stay in business without treating people right. And so these guys have been in business for over 40 years, 40 to 50 years. And um, so they're good people. Okay. Greenwich Construction, Dave and Leslie Greenwich are on their way to Las Vegas to visit some long lost relatives over there. They saw them when they were youngsters and now they're going to see them when they're in their oldster years. So they took a selfie driving down the road. They're doing a road trip to Las Vegas and uh but in the meantime his his company's got several crews putting in kitchens and baths all over Yuba Sutter County and if you want to check out what they're doing and the before and after to to get an idea what you your bath could look like or your kitchen could look like you can go to Greenets that's the color green with ETZ on the end that's his name Greenets construction.com or you could go to Dave Greenets construction Facebook page and you can check it out. And that those photos should sell you if you're really interested in quality construction. Um, it's They do knockout stuff, beautiful stuff. And uh, you can send them a message off those platforms like you'd be interested in talking or if you have any questions. Or you could dial him up and you could text him or call him at 530-682-9602. That's 530-682-9602. He's on the road right now, but you could probably call him. He may just answer it. He doesn't have a secretary. He just answers the phone calls. You get the big dog. Uh, and then uh, Elite Universal Security, Monty Hecker. That dude is, I'm telling you, if you're in the security business, you you are overwhelmed right now. So Monty's always saying to me, Lou, we need workers. We need workers. And, you know, it's a good job. Uh, I think you could. Uh, if you're, if you're retired and you're thinking, oh, I retired, but man, I, I probably need to have a little extra income with the high prices. Now I just notice every time I go to the store, I think, Whoa, that just went up a dollar. Boom. 
So you might want to make a little extra money. Maybe you want to work, you know, half time, quarter time, whatever. So you can reach reach out to them at Elite Universal Security. And uh, you can dial them up at 530-749-0280. And you could get a job there. Even if you live in other counties, like they're based in Yuba County, but they're working all over Northern California. So you might be up in Butte or Shasta or Calusa. And they may be over there and they may need guys or gals that live over there. So uh, you can reach out to them, 530-749-0280. Or if you need them to help you, maybe somebody just stealing you blind or they're vandalizing or they're doing cutting across, you know, driving through your property or doing something, something, right? They can help you solve it, particularly with all the new technology. And they know all about the new technology. They might be able to help you set up cameras, all that kind of stuff. So give them a shout out. They can also help you learn how to shoot and get a license to shoot and protect yourself. Maybe if you're going back and forth to the bank and you're getting nervous packing some money to the bank now and you want to carry a weapon in case you need to squirt one of them. Lee Universal Security, they do a great job. Monty Heckers is his name. He's a veteran of the United States Air Force. And so maybe you're a veteran looking for a job, maybe... He will just help you get a job. You can also go to their website, EliteUniversalSecurity.com and API-Academy.com. Talks about their schooling. And finally, the plumbing doctor, Ted Holmes, and I were working on the E Street project again today. We're painting all the steel over there. We put up a bunch of new steel railings, and, and Ted Holmes with the plumbing doctor is kind of overseeing us, making sure we don't goof up. They just got back from Mexico working on a big orphanage operation down there. They took a whole team down there for almost two weeks. They're just back in town. So uh, you can reach him. And if you need a, a plumber, they're uh, Yuba Sutter. Uh, they serve Yuba Sutter. And you can reach them at 530-671-9111. 671-9111. And they have dispatchers there ready to send somebody your way you've got a problem and uh they've been over working putting in a tub shower we had to put a new tub unit over at the east street place put all new toilets in so we could cut down the amount of water did you get those notices from yuba city water and also uh, california water service if you're over in marysville i don't know whether linda and oliver's have got their notices they're all saying that we got to cut down on our water one way you can cut down is to get one of those low flow toilets if you got one of those old, I used to have some old toilets. It took like 50 gallons to flush that toilet. It's like cost me 50 bucks almost to flush the toilet. It was unbelievable. They, the plumbing doctor was over here fixing fixing something one day, and they said, what in the world do you got those old toilets for? I said, I don't know. They, they still work. They said, Lou, they cost you a fortune. I said, that got my attention. Costing me a fortune is a bad sign right there, partner. Get those toilets over here. We placed two toilets. I thought, oh, I just felt so good about that. By the way, you know, I, I, I went out to use my garage door, and I have one of those automatic door openers. You just press a little button in your car, and boom, it just goes up and welcomes you, right? And then when you drive out, it you can press it, but you're driving down the street, and it's closing. It just takes care of itself. After living here 100 years, and uh, the, there's a spring up in the top of it, across this bar above it, and it just broke. 
And so I called the same company to put it in almost 100 years ago, and, and uh, that's this morning. I was just headed over to East Street to do some painting, and I said, hey, uh, my door doesn't work right now. Can you fix it? They said, yeah, Lou, we'll, we, we'll send some guys called the door company. They do overhead doors. They do garage doors. And uh, I'm not, they didn't, they didn't, I paid the bill. They charged me. I paid the bill. I didn't tell them anything. I'm going to advertise for them. I'm not really doing, I'm just telling you a story because I thought it was great service. So she said, yeah, we got some guys doing maintenance. And she said, we'll try to fit you in today. I thought today, I thought today, I didn't say today, but I thought today I said, come on girl. Now you got my attention. And, um, so, uh, so all of a sudden, I, I said, well, listen, can I just leave and leave the door open, side door to the garage, and I, I'll just be 10 minutes, five minutes away, and when they get it. So the guy calls me. I said, would you mind just going? He said, no, Lou, we'll just go work on it. I said, if you need to have, do open-heart surgery over there, maybe you ought to call me, but otherwise just throw the thing in. A couple hours later, man, they were out of there, fixed my door, and uh, I just paid for it over the phone. Boom. In a matter of two or three hours, I called him and got a service guy over, and they just th fixed my door and kind of tuned it all up and gave it some vitamins, put a new spring in, and I'm good to go. And I thought, you know something? I love that kind of service. And that's, a, you know, every one of these people, Elite Universal Security, Greenest Construction, Plumbing Doctor, Thrifty Rooter, North Valley Paralegal, Peachtree, well, not so much Peachtree, but Dr. Joe Cassidy. And uh, Allen's Auto Body and All Power Services, they're unbelievable. And by the way, some of you called my friend uh, Luke Robertson, and uh, you're getting your car cleaned. So way to go. You're helping that young guy. I'd appreciate it. And if you, uh, I don't have Luke's number. Hold on. Maybe I'll just, let me, let me just give him a shot. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but I thought some of you uh, gave Luke a shout out. And he told me, he said, Lou, I got some calls from people that said you said to call. So let me give you the number again. If you need a, a young guy, they'll really clean your car for a reasonable rate, and he'll come right to you. If you've got it parked outside your business, wherever you're working, he'll clean that thing right as you're in there making money. 530, you, you know, a lot of you drive through those car washes. Just have Luke do it. He'll come right to your place and hose that thing down. 530 650 Three six three one, six five zero zero three six three one. That's Luke Robertson. He's a young guy, starting his own mobile detail business, and he'll just come and like slick that thing up. I'm so happy, man. My car was my car was actually singing. I had to. I thought, what's that noise in the middle of the night? My car was singing. Saying, unbelievable. Feeling so good out there. So give old Luke a, a shout. All right, let's get back to it here. I wanted to. Uh, talk about let me see if i got six minutes and uh oh come on we were we were um manipulated by a psychological experiment it's called a psyop during covid and this is from an article. It's called Vaxing the Sheeple. COVID-19 is the largest ASH, A-S-C-H, A-S-C-H, ASH, conformity experience, experiment ever conducted. I, I'd never heard of 
ash conformity experiment. I've heard of other experiments like don't eat the marshmallows that they did at Stanford. Um, and uh, this is Solomon Ash, A-S-C-H. And in the 1950s, he wanted to figure out uh, the power of, of pressure on peer pressure. I would just call it peer pressure and conformity. And so uh, Mike Adams said, using one of psychology's oldest research tools, the Ash Conformity Experiment, the facilitators of the entire COVID pandemic convinced nearly 5 billion people to go against what they knew as real and valid and make safety choices based on what they thought the masses were also making. Billions, says Adams, of human beings across the planet Earth from every continent and every country conformed to what they believed most of the others were doing. As very social creatures, the majority of humans want to be accepted, want to be liked, and not, they don't want to buck the system. That's what most people do. They don't want to buck the system. They like to be liked, and they want to be accepted. If they smile, they want the person to smile back at them. It's called conformity. And the fear of nonconformity. In other words, people that are nonconformists don't find that easy. Most people, even if they don't conform, they find it awkward. And this grand experiment could be costing every last one of them their health regarding COVID and the COVID jab. It costs their livelihood, their human rights, medical freedoms, and every last penny. I have people that have died from taking the jab, people that have lost their career from the San Francisco Fire Department for not taking the jab, and people that could not have their freedom, they couldn't, they couldn't uh, travel because they wouldn't wear a mask or they wouldn't take the jab, right? The sheeple syndrome, Mike Adams says, is facing total disbelief about their choices. Billions still went along just to fit in with the masses and took the jab or whatever. He says, would you declare the color purple, that the color purple is orange if everyone around you did so first, even though you were looking right at it and knew it was purple? Would you do it? What if 10 other people all said orange first before you said orange, even though it's purple? Would you, if nine people or 10 people ahead of you said something that was purple is orange, would you say orange or purple? What if a hundred did it? What if a thousand, what if a million people said it was orange and it was really purple? And your choice was going to be recorded for everyone to see. What would you do? Well, the Solomon Ash experiment took so they took one unique person, just a regular person, and then they took several people that were going to lie. And they showed a line on a screen, just a, a, a vertical line, and then they showed three lines of different links on the screen next to it, and it said which line of the different links matched the line over here on the right that you're supposed to match it to. And the people in agreement, the Confederates or the people that agreed to do, say something wasn't true. They had a huge impact upon this person because the person that was just the, the test person, 
they were the last ones to speak and they were affected like 30 some percent of the time to say something they knew wasn't true. They would say something that wasn't true. They knew it was, wasn't true and they just went along. And the two reasons they went along, one was uh, they wanted to just fit in. That's called nor being normative. And then informative, normative and informative. One was I just wanted to fit in. And one was they thought, well, maybe some people are seeing something that I can't see or knowing something that I don't know. This experiment, particularly when people in America and around the world believed that others were in agreement with them, even though the others were just as scared as they were. They didn't want to wear a mask either, but they kind of just went along with it. I remember when I was the only ma non-mask wearer on Southwest, and people, a couple people got pissed at me and railed at me just out of the blue. Get your mask on. What's the matter with you? Right? Putting pressure. I said, don't wear a mask, dude. And uh, the pressure, and so billions of people have taken a jab that was toxic. They told us straight up it was experimental, and it could cause all kinds of gnarly side effects. People took it anyway. They just took it, took it for the team. That's called the Solomon Ash experiment influence. And there's always a small percentage in the population that will resist. Because they know it's baloney. Well, we made it through all six segments, and I don't think we did seven like I did last week. So uh, I think Tanner will be happy. So thank you for listening, and we'll uh, next week, Lord willing, we'll be back and uh, do something good for someone this week. I see trees of green. Red roses too I see them bloom For me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world I see skies are blue And clouds of white the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night and I think to myself